Sookie Ray. That was I'll Sing It by Tweety on John and Robert in the Morning. Don't do your radio No. (laughs) Trying to be all professional. I'm the only one that can feign professionalism around here. (laughs) Go Um, home, Robert. You're drunk. I am, actually. I'm on my... (laughs) Second very tall glass of uh, bullet bourbon, so nice. It's very good. I got some bourbon from for Christmas, so I saw you sent me the picture of that. Is it good? It is. It has very good flavor and a incredibly sharp finish. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not down with that. I like the mellow, sit on your tongue kind of thing. Well, it's it, it's got a nice flavor, but yeah, the finish is just will punch you in the face. <laughs> It's really good with I, I found if you do a shot of bourbon with like a splash of the of Coke, it's fine. Oh see, I can't do the, the I can't do the mixers when it comes to my bourbon. Like the most I can do is water. Like I I tried it with water, but it actually wasn't as good with water. It was better just drinking it killing you at the end than it was with water. So this is a music podcast. It is. We can do a a, a liquor podcast. I would love to do a liquor podcast. Um, Beer anyway, of the week. This is the uh, Static Podcast or Static and Distortion Podcast. I'm Robert. I'm John. There's no Chris. Um, and no one else to replace him. And no one else to replace him. We we reached out to other people and there was just no one in to fill in at the last moment. So John I and I, being the uh, faithful soldiers we are, we, we, we marched along trying to just uh, get this done. So I guess this is the the counterpart to the uh, the show where it was just you and Chris and no John. Yeah, what is it? I've only missed like one episode, but you guys miss episodes all the time. I've missed. Well, I've only missed. I missed the Roots show. You missed the Christmas one. I missed the Christmas one. I think and that's I guess it. where you've missed one more. I don't think so. Maybe I don't know, but no. Yeah, well, the one I was I was all ready to go, and then. We had a baby um, gas uh, emergency, function. and I had to go to the store and buy gas drops. Mm-hmm. That was uh, the the second Christmas one. But Chris has missed a couple. He's missed a few. Yeah, He's I only missed one, and I was in a different state. <laughs> yeah, you you yeah that with that's no totally internet. Legit. Well, yeah, you were going to live tweet the event, and <laughs> and work. I did. You guys were recording, and I was messaging you. You were. That's right. I forgot about that. Well, in uh, well, so let's. Think, I mean, we've had quite a few guests over the the month. We've months had Hutch. Here. We've had Hutch. We've had Jen. Jen. We were gonna get Chanel for tonight, but um, well, let let me kind of take a few steps back here. Um, it is currently twelve. Uh, no, it's ten twenty on twelve thirty twenty uh, fourteen. So tomorrow around this time, everyone will be wrapping up the year end. That's right. Um, Listen to the Static Podcast. Yeah, it's our last episode for the year. So um, we were going to do a... John and I approached this uh, kind of differently. He did favorite songs. I did best albums, best songs, best albums kind of thing. Um, And we were going to try to get someone to sit in with us to give us some of their opinions. But Chris says he doesn't listen to music anymore and chanel didn't have anything to contribute and hutch moved to a different state and i don't know what he's doing and uh jen just listens to dave matthews band and frozen so <laughs> and barney's greatest hits <laughs> exactly so we didn't really have anybody else to contribute so john and i were like you know what this is 
fucking do it. We're gonna Let's do, just it. do it. Well, and this is a, a somewhat of a tradition for me. Uh, the top, and that's why I go more with the, the top ten songs mm-hmm. because in previous years, I mean, every year I was telling Robert in the in the precast, the famed precast. Um, I always do for the last ten days of the year on Facebook. I post starting with number ten, leading up to number one on New Year's Eve. My top ten favorite songs of of the year, and what I do all year. So. Starting on Thursday, I'll start a new playlist in Spotify, call it Favorites of 2015 Mix. And throughout the year, as I listen to songs, it could be something that grows on me. It could be something I've heard one time and I just dump it in there. Stuff can get kicked off of the list. Um, You know, if I'm listening to it and I notice I skip it every time it comes up, it gets kicked out. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, I make my, you know, end of year playlist. Uh, top 10 based on what's still in the bucket in in Spotify and my favorites of of whatever year. So I've got three four years of favorites mixes in Spotify. Um, and then I used to in a previous blog prior to static and distortion, um, I used to blog it as well mm. and go a little bit more in depth about why I like the song and why it's artistically awesome or why it sucks, but I like it, you know, and uh, so yeah, I, I, it's sort of a tradition for me. I, something I plan for all year, for the last ten days of the year, to, re- to release slowly. Um, you and I actually do something very similar because I do the same thing, but I do it with entire albums. Um, come the first of the year, I start a best of twenty blah 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 list, and I've done it for the past three years now, four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just put the whole album into the playlist and then periodically I'll go back through and I'll just start playing the music. And as you mentioned, if it comes to an album that I just like, I don't really want to listen to this right now. And I start skipping it more frequently, then it gets, it gets pulled off the list. I had so. one. This was the first year that this has ever happened. I booted one off the list and I put it back later. And that was um, None of This Will Matter by the Autumn Defense. Oh, okay. I, I, I liked it, and then I was like, eh. It kept getting stuck in my head, and I hadn't listened to it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it back on the list. So it, it's not in my top ten, but it's in my, my playlist. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, and John and I were talking about this, I can normally pinpoint a top ten. Like I'm like, I'm so confident and comfortable. And there's only one time that I've wanted to make an amendment to a top 10 list and it's actually from 2013 i'll go on record right now and john knows because we've had this conversation before he doesn't know what i'm about to say but we've had this conversation before in my 2013 top 10 i did not put kanye west's yeezus ah and i want to go back and i want to amend that and put it in my top 10 what are you kicking out i added rain wolf um who didn't have an album out actually last year, but he had like EPs and like right. live music and stuff like that. And I'm like, this dude is the future of blues. And I still consider him the future of blues. And I saw him live this year and he just freaking shreds. He's amazing. Um, but the simple fact that he didn't have any music out and the simple fact that I went back and I re-listened to Yeezus a couple of times. And I've said this about Deftones and I've said this about other musicians where they'll release an album and I'm like, I don't care for this. And then I'll go back later and I'll re-listen to it. And I'm like, well, I just wasn't ready for it musically or whatever it may have been. And it makes an impact on me later. That's I've done that with Wilco albums. actually. Exactly. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't get a ghost is born until sky blue sky came out. And then 
it started like making a like painting a clear picture because then it wasn't the newest Wilco album. It was a piece in the progression, and then it mm-hmm. made sense. So yeah, I totally get that. I've I, and actually I've done that with Kanye West albums. I hated 808s and Heartbreaks when it came oh, out. That's such a good album. And going back, it took me probably two three years before I went back and realized you know the brilliance of it. That's I'm exactly what happened to me. Yeah, I, I went back and I was I was driving somewhere and I put on. I was like, you know what? Let me give these another try. And I put it on and I realized it's it's a freaking brilliant album. It's from start to finish. It's an absolutely brilliant album, um, sonically, lyrically, just ev- conceptually, everything. It's it's, it's amazing. So that's well, I think the only amendment I've ever made to one of my year end lists. I've never made amendments, so I say I, 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 yeah, I just I never had that pop up. I don't, hmm. yeah. Um, but as I mentioned off the top of the cast, uh, Shen does more songs. I do whole albums. Um, what's your criteria? Is it just something that gets stuck in your head? Something that's infectious? Something that you you take away from it? Um, before and I, and and I just want to put this little, you know, snippet in. Um, I once asked Chris um, what his favorite movies are, and he and I saw very differently on what we can consider a favorite movie. I think it's a movie that you can watch over and over and over and over and never get sick of. Always pull something new from. It, it, it's a movie that will always stick with you forever. And Chris thought, you know. It doesn't have to be a movie you can watch all the time. It has to be a movie that no matter what, you can always refer back to in your mind or in your heart or whatever it may have been. And his exact sample was a, an, a Kurosawa film um, that he was like, it had a major impact on me, but can I watch it all the time? No. So right. that's why I wanted to ask, Is it some, is, are, are your songs something that you can listen to all the time? Or is it just like a song that you listen to it and it had a major impact on you? but you can't listen to it or how does, how does that factor in for you? A little of both actually. Okay. My, my general philosophy on music is if it makes me think, makes me feel or moves my feet, then mm. it's, it's good music. Cause you know, there's stuff that doesn't always fit in my normal wheelhouse to use the phrase I hate. Um, you know, it doesn't fit in what I normally listen to, but it makes uh, some sort of an impact on me or draws me in some way. And those are really the only ways that I can really experience music is it, does it make me think, does it make me feel, or does it make me dance? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I start with every, all music, but I'd say there's a little bit of both because for example, uh, one of the songs on my favorites of 2014 mix in Spotify is that neon trees sleeping with a friend song. I hate neon trees. <laughs> well, I hate neon trees too, but for some reason that song, like, I can groove to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's it's a pretty terrible song overall, but I like it. You know, so that probably qualifies under the. Yeah, Anne doesn't like it either. Yeah. Um, but would that ever make my top ten or probably even my not. top twenty? No, but it's still on my favorites of twenty fourteen mix. So there's always a few of those thrown in there that. You know, wouldn't necessarily make it in a in a list, but you know, I enjoy. And then there's others like um, um, uh, "Common Knowledge" by Connor Oberst. Um, that song just gripped I me, and I the can't biggest even. Biggest problem with Connor Oberst. Ugh. I know you do. <laughs> 
He... Okay, first of all, his live shows are just so boring. And second of all, he thinks he's so much better than he actually is. <laughs> I've heard, you know, I've heard that. I've heard, though, the most boring concerts are by Iron and Wine. Oh, I could totally see that. I wanted to go to an Iron and Wine concert. No. And I put it on Facebook. And I was like, who wants to go with me? Tickets no are one. pretty cheap. And a, a friend of mine who I know loves Sam Beam and his beard and his beautiful music and his voice. And she's like, I'd go, but we went to see him last year. And it was boring. <laughs> yeah, like, it was totally great. It was that. beautiful. But it was it was. It was just kind of so slow you didn't need to be there. You should just put on the album when you feel like that. So it's like, all right, well, I won't get tickets then. Yeah. Even though they do a um, – oh, what cover is that? They do a really good cover of um, – shit. I heard it on an English, um, an English show by the name of Misfits. Um, love the Atlantis? No, What? Uh, he did, uh, Iron and Wine are you talking about? Yeah, Iron and Wine do a cover of uh, uh, Such Great Heights. Yeah. By Postal Service. Yeah, yeah. That cover is really, really good. They also do a good cover of New Order's um, Love Vigilantes also. Oh, I haven't heard that. It's really good. And it's right here on Spotify. It's like their 7th or 8th, actually, you know, like maybe ninth or 10th most played song. So. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I, I totally dig Iron and Wine, but... Um, they made my list last year um, with uh, the song. Um, oh shoot! What was the name of that song? I don't know. But anyways, they, had, they didn't have an album out this year. So yeah, Sam Beam and crew and crew. Um, he, he looks like the kind of guy though that could like have a liquor. You know, you like a. He looks like he'd be best friends with Zach Galifianakis. And ha- and have like a, a old timey liquor brand. Yeah, like like. like Sam Beams Brandy or something. I don't Sam know. Beams Beams White Lightning. <laughs> Whatever. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Beams Old Kentucky Mason Jar Moonshine. It'll so, get you drunk. It'll get you drunk. Um. Uh. Do you want? How many? You have a top ten songs. I have you already mentioned songs. one. I have a top nine album. No, I actually have a top ten album. I just haven't put in number ten yet. So um, you have you have albums. I have albums. So which you want to start oh, with? Fuck yeah. We have albums. Okay. Uh, I have a top 10 albums. I get, And then I have 15 more that I can talk about. That Well, 14.5. Because literally I discovered one right before we began this podcast. It was hilarious. I witnessed Robert <laughs> picking a favorite. It, it, we, we have, what, we've been on the podcast for what, 10, 15 minutes now. He discovered this 25 minutes ago. And, and like as soon as I heard the first song, I was like, like it hit something in my soul where I was like, "Holy shit, this is good!" And then I like, like John was talking to me, and and I'm sorry, John, you were mentioning things, and I'm just kind of like, "Uh huh, yeah, uh huh." But I'm just scrolling through the songs, listening to like snippets of each one, and like this is getting better and better and better and better. <laughs> Fucking, this is so good. So I have like a like an extra fourteen point five I can talk about. Because I haven't given it a full listen to. But um, uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Are we going to do – what are we doing um, – How about this? Yeah. We'll cover one that I know for a fact is on both of our lists. Okay. What is it? D'Angelo. 
Yeah, I, I knew that would be the one. Where do you place it on your list? See, I don't, I don't number my lists. I just, I just know these are the top. Like, I, I, know- I, I um, number mine. I oh, do, do count you? Now. I do. So I have the, I have ten through one on. Oh, both. So where's D'Angelo on your list? Number four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see it being that high. Yeah. yeah. You and I had a conversation about this too. It's um that first listen is rough. It, in my I opinion. don't know if I'd call it rough. It's it's um <laughs> physically not smooth. <laughs> physically not which, which, <laughs> you're just trying to find a synonym for rough. <laughs> but but make it not quite a shade off of rough. It it it, it it's I don't even know how to describe the first. Oh, so first of all, I was so elated that was part of it. Yeah, and then I was confused. So first of all, for our listeners, it's um, D'Angelo's first album in fourteen years, and it's called Black Messiah, and it feels like uh, he hasn't missed a single genre change or a beat or anything. It's yeah, that's a good way to put it because it it's all encompassing. Yes, and it's and it's classic D'Angelo without re- exactly retreading the last album, which mm-hmm. was a monster album. It's Voodoo is fantastic. Oh album. my gosh, Voodoo! Voodoo's in my top, t- probably my top ten of all time. That's it's a probably n- album. It's probably number nine or eight, but it's still in my top ten of all time. I think yeah. that's a great album. That yeah. it, the funny thing was, that's what got me into Wu Tang Clan. How did you go from D'Angelo to Wu Tang Clan? Let me. Is, is oh Method Man's on? Yeah, because Method Man and Red Man are on. Um, well, Red Man's not part of Wu Tang. Well, you're right. You know, but Method but, Man is, and I can see. Well, Method Man and Red Man are a duo, and I can see how right, you got there. Right, it's like six shades of or six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I got you. Right, exactly. Because I, I've 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 been a Red Man and Method Man fan, and um, a Method Man as a man himself fan, but I'd as never a man gone, himself. Yeah. But I'd never gone back to, uh, um, Wu-Tang until I listened to voodoo. And then I was like, okay, I've heard several songs where I really dig method, man. I'm going to check them out. And so that's what got me to go back in the, the archives there and, uh, start the beginning with Wu-Tang. So, I mean, but I mean, it, like I said, that's neither here nor there for talking about D'Angelo, but yeah, all trails it's, to other things. You and I, we had a, we had, it was, it was weird because I messaged John and I'm like, John, we need to talk, like serious discussion <laughs> through Facebook. Like, I'm, we need to really fucking talk about something. And he's like, what, is everything okay? And I'm like, this D'Angelo album. <laughs> yeah, like, I hate you. What I'm the like, fuck? Like, yeah, dude, sorry, I didn't get your message. I, I, if you need to talk, let me know anytime, dude. And then he's like, yeah, I just want to talk about D'Angelo. <laughs> Like, oh, well, okay, I'll talk about D'Angelo, but... but well, because it literally came out of nowhere. Like, like if I remember the progression, it was like D'Angelo released Voodoo and then moved to France and then fucked off of everyone's radar. Got fat. <laughs> it got fat and then got skinny again. And then, like, 2013, played Bonnaroo, which was his first concert on U.S. soil in 13 years. And then... Release like, but but here's the thing. Over the course of time, he had like released a track here, released a track here. He's on uh, Q-Tips 2008 album. Yeah, like he's just kind of 
he's just he's just doing D'Angelo. He's doing his own thing. And then all of a sudden, I remember reading. And I was like, D'Angelo's recently like releasing a new album. And I was like, oh cool. And then they're like, it's coming out in a week. And I'm like, where the f- what the fuck? Where yeah. the fuck did this come from? Well, I read I read an article on Spin back in like 2008 where they were like, "What happened to D'Angelo?" And 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 Questlove, he's one of the 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 ones that have over the years were like, "Oh, I heard some new D'Angelo stuff. It's hot. It's coming soon." You know, and it became like Chinese democracy. <laughs> you know, at that point, the R and B Chinese democracy, and um, you know, and Questlove. I mean, he's been basically keeping the fire alive. Yeah. Um, and, and well, the, as far as the media goes, because D'Angelo's been a freaking hermit. Yeah. And I was going to say, um, when I mentioned he played Bonnaroo in 2013, the only reason he played Bonnaroo, because of Questlove. Questlove right. personally invited him to come play. And it was basically like Questlove saying, dude, D'Angelo's still alive, and he's making phenomenal music. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I wonder... You know, if Questlove wasn't pushing him somewhat, if there'd be an oh, album, had to be. Like Questo was probably like, "You dude, you have you're sitting on fire right now." Just I don't I I, I can't understand. I I honestly don't know that relationship, but it had to be something. Questlove had to be like pushing him somehow to to put this album out, and um, fucking critically acclaimed. Everyone was like, "D'Angelo has not missed a step." I think the lowest rating it got was like an 89 from right. some magazine. And that's better than most people who put out albums now. And he hasn't put certainly, out an album in 14 years. Certainly better than the latest writerless album reviews. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. <laughs> the one track that John and I had a discussion about was A Thousand Deaths. Yeah. That it was it that's that's where it's that's like a driving rough very it's a, it's a, it's a weird track to talk about. Yeah. Um I didn't care for it the first time I listened to it and then going back and re-listening to it, I was like this had its purpose, it had its place on the album. It it's sort of like a gateway like if you can make it through this, you can make it you, you deserve the rest of the album. What's your so, favorite track on that album? Probably Back to the Future Part 1. I, I you know no, which, I, which one's um it's one of the Back to the Futures one and I always get it confused but one of them's like super soulful um and it's confusing me right now because I'm drunk but it's one of the Back to the Future tracks I think it's the first one is it part one that's like really soulful with a really cool guitar um it might be two okay because they both have cool guitar they all have every song has cool guitar yeah it. let's not let's not kid ourselves here. I like, you know, I think the one I, I end up listening to the most. Is it Prayer? It's Actually, it's Sugar Daddy. Okay. I listen to that one a lot. Prayer is really it, good, too. But Sugar Daddy reminds me of Chicken Grease from Voodoo a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. It's got this very similar sensibility to it. So, I don't know, but that's good. I know that was on both of our lists, and I know you numbered your list. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you want to pick another album from my list? Yeah, from your list. Um, sure. Um, I will put. Uh, we'll just do them out of order. It doesn't matter what order they're in. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna 
put up in my top 10 favorites of 2014, I'm going to put up Royal Blood's album. Okay. Um, you and I have different opinions on this. Yes, we do. Go ahead. You be the you be the pro. I'll be the con. I'll be the devil advocate here. I like it because it's. I mean, it's not groundbreaking. Except I, I just they've got a vibe. They've got an attitude. They they play rock music, just actual rock music, and it's not Imagine Dragons. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a plus. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those albums that the first time I heard the song, I heard on uh, XRT, um, I heard Figure It Out. And I immediately went out and sought out the album, got the album. And I think I listened to it for probably a week straight on loop in my car and um, really enjoyed it. It's uh, just track after track. It It's good. I enjoy it. it. Like I said, not groundbreaking. They're not doing anything but, you know, awesome power chords and, you know, but there's just some it's not flashy it's not overproduced but it's produced well you know it's 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 it sounds good and it's just and it's a two piece band i believe is it really i thought yeah. it was a three piece i think it's a two piece to the internet yeah wikipedia <laughs> wikipedia um so i i had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day harrison and um harrison was like i need to listen to royal blood mainly because dave girl co-signed them like he was like this is the next fucking rock band um he did say that he 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 went out of his way to do that yeah um man they're a young band they only started last year 2013 and you're right they are a two-piece yeah i thought so Oh, okay. I'm going to say that I'll, I'll save this comment for later. But um, the problem I have with Royal Blood is they sound dated. They sound really? like a band I would have liked 12 years ago, 14 years ago. True. They sound like a K-Rock band. They sound like a, like a mainstream band that is playing a very mainstream style of music that is catering to a mainstream audience they sound like a band that is just out there to not make money but just they know the formula well i there's a part of that i i see where you where you come at that opinion uh, and I respect it however i disagree uh well i don't necessarily disagree i what I like about it is I don't there's there's not that pretension to them. Okay. They 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 are just making rock music that you know it, it, like I said it's been done before but they're just executing it well. Um I mean even Jimmy Page according to Wikipedia um <laughs> said they were absolutely riveting and they're fine musicians. I'm sorry, I just snorted, but that was <laughs> according to Jimmy Page on Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, I I um that I think that's what I like about it. It's just honest, familiar, good rock music and it's done well and it's not done exactly the way anybody else has done it. It's not the White Stripes, it's not you know, what's that other band, Black Keys, mm-hmm. these these kind of two-piece garage rock bands. But I I there's I always have a soft place in my heart for garage rock bands, so. Yeah. 
Um, I will give them kudos though. I didn't realize they were a two piece. And on top of that, I didn't realize it was drums and um, bass guitar. Right. Uh, I will always, um, and I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to them now. I will always, always, always have a weird soft spot in my heart for a bass guitar drum band. Simply because I just feel like they're trying to do something new and different. And the one band that I immediately jump to when I hear this is Death From Above 1979, um, who also released a new album in 2014. Didn't make my top anything of the year. It it felt very (laughs) dated. Once again, that album felt like... Because if you know the story behind Death From Above 1979, they broke up and then they got back together and blah, 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 blah. But that album felt like it belonged in 2004. It just felt very old. I liked um, a lot of music in 2004. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I have to go back and give them another listen to because knowing now that it was a drum and bass guitar, I, I, I don't know why. I just want them to win now. I want them to succeed. I want them to do so much better than what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I think they've got a good future. But, um, you know, like I said, they're not Imagine Dragons, so they, they got points for that. Uh, did you want me to play a song from them? I think we've played them before in the podcast. We may have. I, you know, I don't know because we're. I'm trying to think how we're going to fit in at least, you know, all the, to talk about all this. Stuff. I mean, some of the stuff we can cross over because a lot of, as I was telling you in the precast, a lot of my songs and albums overlap. So yeah. a lot of my favorite songs come from the favorite albums. There's only a few that don't. Like I don't have anything in my top ten favorite songs from D'Angelo, yeah. um, and I have a few that are. Actually, two in my top ten, three in my top ten that aren't in my in my favorite albums. But there's a lot of crossover, so I can almost you know, kill two birds with one stone. Uh, I have a couple of albums that I can kind of gloss over too. Yeah, I just want to. Uh, we have to cram it all in in an hour. Shove it all in. Just yeah. So here we'll we'll skip songs for now. We'll we have I think we have a closing song. Didn't we decide on a closing song? We did. Well, you were gonna do one. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what I know what I'm gonna. That one we won't. We'll we'll just tease it. We'll leave that up. Um, Let me gloss over two albums real quick. Um, Knock two birds out real quick. Um, They were the last additions uh, to to my top ten. The first is Big Crits uh, Catalactica. Um, and I think I, you told me about this one. I did. And the exact quote I gave uh, Shen was, if Outkast was still making music as they wanted to make music, now it would be Big Crit. Um, it's Atlanta, Southern hip-hop, futuristic, outgoing um, storytelling. It's He has a, an amazing beat selection amazing flow and amazing uh he's an amazing lyricist he has this great um storytelling atmosphere and vibe to him i really wish that either outcast was still making new music while big crit was alive uh, not alive but around um because i think that that would further his career or big crit was out Back when Outkast was still making music because that would, once again, further his career. Like, there should have been a crossover between these two artists. Um, that would be f- fantastic for both of them. Um, it's the funny. Other, um, I, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, go ahead, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I, I was listening, I had to visit a client today and was driving to their, their office and was listening to Stankonia um, in the car. A good album. It holds up. That's what, but yeah. That's it, the thing. It totally if you is. listen to Stankonia, because that came out in 1999, 2000, I think. Yeah. Um, 1999. Yeah. But I think it actually released in 2000. It did. <laughs> you and I have had this discussion as well on the podcast. We did. Um, that's the kind of, you know, how futuristic and how forward sounding and how groundbreaking that music was back then that's the kind of music that i think big crit is making now but it's just not what people want to hear which is why i don't think many people are talking about it um people are talking about your drakes and your Nicki minajs and your achies and your azalea banks and everything which like i that. don't i can't get into any of that and we can we can have a completely different discussion on that but big crit um and I'd this is a like sophomore it. debut this is a sophomore album i should say it really is it has that um, outer space intergalactic feel to it that outcast encapsulated in their music along with the beats and storytelling aspect that they encapsulated but it's so much more for this day and age and like i said it's it's if outcast had a child it would be big crit interesting you need well, to listen to big crit <laughs> okay i will i will i will do so um quick other I'll take it under in. advisement Big other, uh, quick other big uh, bookend I'm going to add in here. The main reason I added them to my top 10 is because of their previous album and their growth uh, on their new album, and that's Tune Yards. Uh, new oh, yeah. Album is, uh, fucking love them. New album is called Nicky Neck. Uh, it's mainly Meryl Garbus, is a lead singer, drum player, ukulele player, percussionist, so on and so forth. Um, uh, it's just a weird, really out there album, but it's cool because she is co-signed by so many different people. Uh, Questlove loves her and Preservation Hall Jazz Band loves her and this person loves her and this person loves her. So many people love what Toon Yards is doing. It's crazy, um, that they're trying to encapsulate so many different musical genres into a, you know, 60 something minute album um and it's there's albums that you want to dance to and there's albums that you really want to sit there and listen and take in and there's albums that you just want to try to figure like wrap your head around and try to figure out what's going on um that's a great album definitely check it out those are my two kind of quick ad bookends i've gave more love to big crit than i am to tune yards Tune Yards, I would probably, if I had to rank it, I would probably put it at the far end. I'd probably be number 10 on my list. I, I listened to that album. Uh, I listened to Nicky Knack a couple times um, right after it first came out. And I, it just didn't grab me. Yeah, but I can see I, why. I, I appreciated it, though. Like it, it was a good listen. It, there was there was nothing wrong with it. Just kind of like, oh, that's cool. All right, moving on. I can you know, totally I, see why it, didn't gra- it doesn't grab people. And like I said, I'm 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 giving Tune Yards. I'm resting, uh, or this album is resting on their laurels. I know what they're trying to accomplish, and it's a progression in their music, and it's yeah. something that they're they're trying to say. And I think I'm giving them more leeway than they maybe deserve, but um, it really hit home with me. I just really love their music. I really love Meryl, and she's I've met her. She's a fantastic person. Um, she's trying to do things with her band that is not. In everyday music, so yeah, that's respectable. That's um, like a bass, a lead bass player. It, it, royal blood. There you All go. Right. Go ahead. 
All right, so we're still doing albums, right? Yeah. All right, I'll pick one where I can combine a song. Um, I will go with number five on my list. Actually, this might be, I don't know if this is on your list or not, but I know you appreciate it. Uh, number five, and also corresponds with my number seven favorite song, uh, Ryan Adams' new album. Not on my list, but I totally appreciate it. So my number, yeah, it was my number five is album. Is it Wrecking Ball? No. Give me something good. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I like, so when I posted it the other day, let me go to my Facebook post about, because I, as I've been doing, I do a little blurb about each one as well. And um, on that one, what did I say? When did I post that? Um, oh, yeah. And the, did you watch the video? Have you ever seen the video for Give Me Something Good? No. It's just him, basically him singing to Elvira. That's so weird. <laughs> it is so weird. And it totally works. Ryan Adams would make a video with Elvira in it. Um, but so what I said was so many good tracks on this album. There are probably better tracks on this album. But this is my favorite. This is a list of my favorite songs, not the best song. So I'm sticking with this one. Okay. So I, I would say, yeah, uh, Kim, My Wrecking Ball. There's some some great songs on that Kim album. Kim is a really good song. And it Wrecking is. Ball is a really good song. You know, I didn't like Kim when I first listened to it. Oh, it's good. I, it took me a few listens through. Literally, the other day at work, I had the album on on loop. I think I listened to the album three times in a row, um, just because I was engrossed in work. And I was, you know, when it came up to do it, it just started playing. You know, give me something good again, and I just kept on going. And um, I think it was during that sessions when I really appreciated Kim. Um, but I just like give me something good. It's got a good, you know, guitar vibe and you know, good tone and. It's it's a good it's a good representation of a Ryan Adams rock track and um, you know mid tempo rock track and you know so it's it, it made both my albums and songs list. Very nice. Um, I do like that album, and we, we obviously we did Rob a Ryan Adams podcast, and that was right. my first main introduction to it, and um. I ended up becoming a fan. I really liked his new album, and I ended up liking some of his older work. Not so much with the Cardinals, but yeah, uh, I, I found appreciation there. So yeah, I, I could see that, and and you know, kudos to you for keeping an open mind as you always do. Um, I'm gonna once again. I don't want to gloss over this album, but one of our last uh, podcasts, and I don't know which one. Uh, it was we talked about this in in some length um flying lotus oh yeah i don't do you remember which episode that was it was recent was it it was uh, i think it was the one before king of was it the one before king of yeah i don't remember i i don't remember we we've done so many podcasts now we're we're past 25 podcasts this year so which is which is great that means we've we've podcasted um the equivalent of half of a year weekly i'm, I'm totally grateful for that that's amazing uh and it's weird because because we, we try to keep up with what we've talked about before and what we haven't talked about before and i remember talking in length about flying lotus and essentially it boiled down to what i said was if miles davis was still making music this is what it would be right um transition he, from 80s miles davis to to this and it's not that far of a leap he would probably be number two or number three on my list that album, You're Dead, is, in my opinion, so groundbreaking and so amazing and so forward-thinking 
Um, it's fantastic, and it's not for everyone. It really isn't. It is, it is grating, and it was. It's very hard to listen to, and you really have to commit and open your mind to try to like really. And I'm going to put it this way: the the album artwork actually shows um, uh, the DJ. There's a hole through his head. Yeah. And that's where everything is coming through. And it basically literally means open your mind, like completely remove what you have in your brain and open to what I'm trying to tell you. And if you're not able to do that, you're going to hate it. Um, but that it would probably put number two on my list. So we've already talked about it in length. Please go listen to Flying Lotus, You're Dead. Um, Kendrick Lamar's on it. Snoop Dogg's on it. Captain Murphy's on it. Thundercat plays all the bass lines for it. It's it's freaking fantastic. The first time I listened to it, I did not get it. Exactly. Um, until until you actually what made me go back and try it again was um after you explained to me how to frame it. You know, what what you said there. Once I was able to frame what this album's about, you know, where to put this album in my head, um, then it made sense. And so, even then, it's still not for it's still everyone. Weird. No, I, I don't. I've listened to it one other time since then. I, I gave it one listen through, beginning to end. And this is one I'm not sure how often I would come back to that album. It's kind of like when you go to a movie and you see it once, and you're like, "Oh, that was that was good." Um, and then you're done. And it, like that, now we can bring Chris in, even though he's not here. It kind of goes along with his phrase of your favorite movies can be ones that you don't want to watch that often. And this, I would put this album in that kind of a category. You know, even then, I found myself revisiting this album over and over and over because I'm still picking up new things from it. Well, and that's cool when that happens because so. I, I I do that with movies or TV shows where the more I watch it, the more I get out of it. But music, I usually get it right away. Um, so that's really cool when you're able to do that. Yeah. Um, your turn. What do you got? Okay. So I'll pick another one that's that hits both lists so we can be efficient here because we're we're running what thirty five forty minutes now. Something um, like that, but we can just do an hour and a half at two and I. So yeah, well, I'm just I'm r- wrestling a baby. So you know, <laughs> as we're talking, so that that just makes me uh, <laughs> appreciate the time as it passes. Um, number six on my album list and number nine on my. Um, top 10 favorite songs tv on the radio seeds album was number six and the song careful you number nine weren't you late to tv on the radio too i was incredible i was i picked up tv on the radio in like september yeah uh yeah. tv around the radio has been on my on my radar from like 2003 2004 yeah. whenever it was that they won the mercury prize from canada right I my friend Caleb from Ohio, he's one of my oldest best friends. Um back in I think 2009, he sent me like four or five different burn CDs with just um MP3s on it, so it was just packed full of albums, all mm-hmm. the CDs, and there was a lot of TV on the radio on it there, and I just I mean I still have it somewhere. I just, I never really listened to it. I I gave it a cursory, you know, kind of beginner's listen and never came back to it. And then um uh, I started with Happy Idiot when that song yeah. was released as an early single, and I like it. But then when Careful You came out, I was like, oh, something about that just, you know, like you said, punched you in the chest or whatever. I think you said it more eloquent, eloquently than that, though. <laughs> um, TV on the radio, is it's, it's this great, weird indie band um, that kind of 
crosses genres between kind of rock and they have some pop influences, a little little popish in there, um, depending on your version of pop. And then, well, I'd say like Happy Idiot's a really pop song. Yeah, um, but I just think they just do this great straddle of um, they almost they almost seemingly cross into mainstream because people are aware of TV on the radio. They're like, oh, TV on the radio. It's led by that black guy. Yeah. Um, that's not Questlove. And, <laughs> uh, but, Who sometimes shows up on Portlandia. Exactly. But if you hard press people into naming TV on the radio, they're like, uh, I, I got nothing. They've got this weird, yeah, they've, they've got weird, um, you know, a, a group of core fans. Um, but they're not really mainstream. Um, I mean, I know Hutch loves them too. Yeah. So he, he, I think Seeds was in his top something. I know it was on his, one of his lists. Uh, Tom Hutch, our contributor and uh, fill-in guest, he was on the Roots cast and he was on the Death Cab cast, um, filling in for Robert and somebody, I don't know. I don't remember who he filled in for the other time. Me. Oh, he filled in for me. That's why I didn't remember it. Uh, <laughs> on the Roots cast, which was my Good pick. Job. Yeah, but he um, – oddly, The Roots were not on any of my lists this year. Um, Their album and then You Shoot Your Cousin was uh, a bit underwhelming to me. It was okay. It didn't yeah. make my list. Um, yeah. the, one of the songs from it made my master list in Spotify, but not you know anywhere near the top ten. Yeah. But yeah, I, to sum up TV on the radio, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> it was okay. Um I have, because I've talked about Toon Yards, Big Crit, Flylo, D'Angelo, so I'm down to six here. I'm trying to condense so we can save time. Um, I can kind of group these two to, uh, well, yeah. uh, another album from my list, uh, Cloud Nothings, Here and Nowhere Else. Are I, you Cloud? I'm not. I was just going to say, I, I think Cloud Nothing was on Hutch's list too, but um, I'm, I'm totally not familiar at all. They are an Ohio three-piece band out of Cincinnati, I want to so say. I should, I should know them. We you should. A, you know how long it's been since we've mentioned Ohio on this podcast? That I know. I'm bringing it back works. just for you. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the exact um, cloud nothings. I want to say it's Cincinnati. Oh, Cleveland. Okay, it's Cleveland. Oh, um, I used to live by Cleveland. It's a uh, Cleveland three-piece. Um Founded in like 2011 or something like that. Not actually, no, like 2010 maybe. Um, I was unaware of this band until my friend Margaret Margie uh, introduced me to them. Uh, they had an album come out this year called Here and Nowhere Else. I saw them live. They are infectious and they are punk, not punk rock, but not rock garage band, but not garage band. They are the everyman blue collar working every person can listen to their lyrics and relate to their music and their feelings kind of band that's a um, tall order it's 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 indie rock and it's just everything encapsulated into one three-piece band that you listen to it and you're like i can relate to this i can understand where they're coming from i i get this feeling that sounds like an Ohio band. Yeah, it really is. It's it's it's, it's fucking fantastic. Um, they're energetic and they're loud and they're not in your face, but at the same time they have this "I'm not going to back down" attitude, and they're really great. 
Um, this totally – I'm listening to him now as you're talking. This totally sounds like an Ohio band. Yeah. It, I used it, to um, – back in my college days, I used to um, organize concerts and I, for, I was friends with a, I could, like a lot of people in different bands or at least knew a guy who knew a guy in a band. Um, and then later, as I after I'd done it for a while, I actually got. I mean, we were in the middle of Nowheresville, Ohio, so there's lots of little, you know, podunk town bands, um, uh, bands. But that we actually started pulling in some acts from like Cleveland and Columbus, and you know, some of these rock groups. I mean, there's some there's some good stuff back then, but there's a there's a lot of just honest rock in Ohio. That, yeah, that goes unnoticed. It just straightforward, no gimmick, no anything like that. It's just, like I said, every man blue collar. This is what everyone can relate to at some point or another in their life. Yeah. Um, and it clocks in at like 30 minutes. It's like eight or nine, no, eight tracks, and it's 30 minutes. It's just very straightforward. We're not trying to rewrite the book of music. We're just trying to really put our own chapter into it. And they do a fucking fantastic job of it. It's really, really good. Um, standout song on this album is I'm Not Part of Me. If you wanted to name singles, that's a single that I've listened to many times this year. I've had my son listen to it. I've had Randy listen to it. Um, it's a great song. I'm Not Part of Me. Definitely check it out. I um, I, I will. I, I'm glad for the recommendation. So that that's good. I, I will dig that. I'm sure. Um, I'll pick another one, another combo. Um, number seven on my favorite albums list was uh, Tweety's Suki Ray. And, <laughs> Which we uh, listened to on the top of this uh, this podcast. And that's the song that is on my top ten, <laughs> which is I'll Sing It. Um, I just, I dig the song. It's It's got a cool vibe to it. And apparently it's a really old song. I guess he, um, Jeff said that in that song, there's a part where, it goes real lo-fi for a second, mm. and apparently that's from the cassette of his original demo from like the Wilco being there years, which was like '96. So this is a song that he's carried around for almost 20 years, and just I, I dig the song. Um, I didn't. It's, it's this is a, a weird one for me. I, I put the album at number seven in my top ten because I really dig the album, but it's so weird of an album. It, it, I mean, it really, it, he said it should really be two albums. It's two, you know, there's the first half and the second half are really distinct, different sounding. Um, you know, you have more rock and um, complex compositions in the first part. And then the second part, it just devolves into like a folk route, uh, folk acoustic album. Mm. So, um, you know, it, it really dig it, but it's definitely not the best album that Jeff Tweedy's ever put out. But this, you know, the songs are all solid. It's just together as a as a cohesive unit. It's not fully baked. I don't think. Kind of sounds almost like a. Well, I got all these songs, so guess I'll Let's put them out. I'll make them. And apparently, there were there were like ninety songs he had for this this album, and pared it down to like twenty. <laughs> I'll say this: I actually haven't given the Tweety album a listen to, mainly because. Unlike you and Chris, I'm not the hugest Tweety fan. Yeah, I like Wilco, but they're not on that level for me. They're yeah. they're really not up there. So I was like, oh, Tweety has an album out. Mm, yeah, it's I worth it's through. worthwhile. So. I I you know honestly though, I never got all the way through it until probably like two months ago. Okay, 
because I just every time I get through it, I'll be like, eh, I don't have time to finish this. I'll I'll come back to it. I want to listen to, you know, I want to listen to Salt and Pepper now. You know, I, I'm so ADD with what I listen to. I'm, as I'm sure you to see Salt and Pepper now. I did listen to Salt and Pepper today. No, I listened to uh, Groove Me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have anything to really contribute to Twitter. That's fine. Moving I on. Will, I will say this. Let me move on. I think I might skip this band for the sake of time. Um, I'm going to talk about a band that you and I actually have talked about before and when you and I first talked about them we had no idea who the fuck he was <laughs> who Sturgill Simpson oh right okay yeah so we talked about him on the Rolling Stone podcast where they released their top 50 albums of 2014 and you and I were both like who the hell who is, is Sturgill that? Simpson yeah. never heard of him doesn't we exist we were like we never heard of him and, and if we haven't heard of him then fuck I, yeah exactly I did my due diligence. Um, the static I did podcast, my listening, damn it. And within the second listen of that album, it went on my top ten. That's impressive. The only it, other person I know who's really been pushing that album is like the douchiest guy I know. Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel terrible now. No, no, no. Not, and I'm not talking about you this time. Um, <laughs> this time. <laughs> but no, it, this it's just, time. he's one of those guys who's like, oh, dude, you have to listen to this album. You you gotta love it. Blah. <laughs> I, I read about it in Rolling Stone's Top 50, and now I think I'm cool. He's that guy. No, I read about it in Rolling Stone's Top 50, and, and you can go and we back were and like, listen to the evidence, and we were like, I don't know what <laughs> this that? is. Moving on. It was it was live. Like <laughs> We both were like, who? What? No. <laughs> But Fail. then I was like, you know what? Let me go through and actually give him a chance. And I went through and I listened to it. Um, that was like a legit revision. It, it was really a legit revision. And the best way I can describe it is um, – and when we did our Steve Earle podcast and we did – I think we did another podcast where we talked about country. I'm not the most familiar with country music. And I'll even revise that and saying I'm not the most familiar with like out call, uh, excuse me, outlaw country music. Yeah, um, which is my favorite kind. Sturgill Simpson is outlaw country meets psychedelia. Okay, that is the best way to describe it because he talks about what's it like. Um, and I, I, as soon as I heard this, I started doing research on this guy. He was born in Kentucky. He is the son and grandson of coal miners. He lived his entire life in Kentucky, and then he moved. He joined the Marines, or no, he joined the Navy. He moved to Japan. He did his time in the uh, the military. Came back, worked in a train yard, worked in the coal mines. The only reason he played music is quote unquote. That's what people did when they got off of work. We played music. Nice. And his dream was to uh, to record with Shooter Jennings, Waylon Jennings. Oh. And he moved to Nashville, met Waylon Jennings, recorded his first album for like $4,000 in six days, recorded mm-hmm. his next album for like $7,000 in seven days. It's fucking great. I'll, I'll... He like embodies the lifestyle of outlaw country. But then on top of that, he the first song is called Turtles All the Way Down. And it's about 
taking marijuana, like smoking marijuana and taking LSD and taking mushrooms and expanding your mind and trying to find out what the true meaning to life is. All right, you got me hooked. It is mind-blowingly good, and I was hooked from the, like, the second listen through, and I was like, this guy is fucking amazing. Sturgill Simpson. All right. Yeah. Sturgill Simpson, everybody. Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music is the name of the album. Cool. Even that title. Even that fucking title. <laughs> Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music. <laughs> it's weird. So. All right. I have... I have two more crossovers that hit both lists. So I will do, uh, and they both hit pretty high on the lists. And this one is funny because it's number three on both lists. Um, album, Jenny Lewis, The Voyager. Ugh. I know. <laughs> I knew I, that I, I could have written the script for you to do that cued at a specific point in you my You and fucking Jenny Lewis. I know. <laughs> but, and then the song, She's Not Me. Yeah number three so i i i I don't love the album as much as some of her other ones but it's another one of those where it may not it's always before i felt like i was in on the music kind of thing on her other albums where i it it made sense to me i you know it's a good album um this one i almost feel like i'm outside looking in on but it's also her most personal album one of her most personal albums so it's you know, a lot. There's a lot more honesty in there, and instead of being the narrator or playing a protagonist in a song, there's a lot more of her own um, self in it. So, from that, I appreciate it, but I don't. I don't love it in the same way I love other Jenny Lewis albums or songs. But she's not me. It's just a freaking killer good song. I love it, and it's got great guitar tones. And um, she's been playing it live with Ryan Adams playing the, the lead guitar on it. Lately, he's been uh, you know, on the late, late night shows and everything. Ryan Adams has been in with her, and he helped produce the album. So it's it's quality, quality, nice. Um, I don't. We talked about Jana Lewis. I'm not the yeah. biggest Jana Lewis fan. I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm indifferent. That's fine. You're allowed to be. It's my favorite um, list, not yours. <laughs> I have uh, one, two, three, four. That I would like to talk about. Uh, I can skip one for the sake of time. Um, I'm going to talk about Benjamin Booker, though. Okay. Uh, Benjamin Booker released his uh, debut album this year called Benjamin Booker. Um, once again, one of these great up-and-coming blues guitarists has a voice that sounds like an open sore. Um <laughs> Just fucking fantastic. The dude rips. He just shreds. Um, great songwriter. Great guitarist. Great lyricist. Very. Not, it's not stripped down, but it's um, it's not bare bones. I don't know. It's just very uh, cut to the quick. It, it it gives you everything you need um, when you need it. I, I guess. think my friend Dave was way. talking about them uh, about that album also so. quite a bit. When we went to the Wilco show a couple weeks ago. Uh, Benjamin Booker. And yeah. I'm going to quickly throw another one in here. Uh, this one I can kind of pass over. The War on Drugs. That's on my list. Oh, okay. Let's it's talk number, about The War on Drugs then. Number eight. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what do you think? It's fucking fantastic. It's a great album. It's, it's this great um, beach, surf, lo-fi kind of rock album. Um, very 80s rock. Very 80s rock. It has this great, almost 
post blue uh, no, um, post Beach Boys sound to it. There's some elements of that, yeah. yeah you know, I would it, I've never I've never described it with beach before though. That's interesting that you said that. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, because it, it, it has this very laid back, lo-fi um, kind of feel to it, especially with the guitar and the lyrics. But it also has this kind of garage rock um, drive to it. Um, yeah, it's, it straddles that weird line of we kind of want to relax into what we're doing, but we're not that relaxed. Well, there's a. Um just a general cohesiveness to the entire sound of the album. Every song sounds like it's, you know, perfectly arranged, you know, when you, yeah, exactly. And, it, and it, there's a, a very unified sound to it. And I, and sometimes that's a bad thing, but this is a good, this is a good thing. Cause it doesn't, mm-hmm. every song doesn't sound the same, but I, and uh, um, the song suffering mm-hmm. to like track three, something like that. Just great track, great, um, almost bluesy um, with a the, the solo going with the piano um, in the background as well. It's just phenomenal. It's a great album, but yeah. it's number eight on my list. <laughs> I, I, but I see, that's the thing. I can see why it's solo, yeah. um, and it's for the same reason as the reason why it said I don't really need to mention it. If we're running out of time, I can gloss over it. Um, but it worth it's worth mentioning because it is it's getting critical love it's getting critical you know it's it's like this seems to be the darling album this year um everyone seems to love it so it's definitely a, yeah. it's worth a recommend it's worth a, it's worth a check out usually when an album is this highly critically acclaimed um i tend to be standoffish about it yeah. yeah but this is one that i would i would wholeheartedly agree with uh how many do you have left on your list well, let's see. Um, on the albums list, pretty much we've covered it all, except for my number one, which is my controversial pick. Um, What's your number one? Um, I'll just go for it because they're also they're the last one on both lists. So I'm gonna just say it: Pixies, Indie Cindy, my favorite album of the year. Whatever. I know, I know. And nobody. I, I, again, um, it's one of those ones that. If you're comparing it against the legacy of the Pixies, it sucks. It, yeah. It's the worst Pixies album. Um, there's no Kim deal on it. And as Robert and I have discussed at length on this show, we both love Kim deal. Um, we saw her breeders. live this year. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we went we went to a festival because Kim deal was playing with the breeders. So, you know, I I'm probably a bigger breeders fan than I am a Pixies fan. And I think you've said the same, right? Uh, I I think I am, yeah. Yeah. So when I take away the fact that, okay, it's the worst Pixies album, it's it's basically a Frank Black um, solo album with the Pixies guys in the name, um, which isn't bad. I like Frank Black's, you know, Black Francis's solo stuff, and... um, it's it's great. He he made one of my lists la- uh, last year or two years ago. So uh, no no diss to him. But when I take away the bad re- the the bad reviews it got and the fact that it's you know if it's this is your first album in twenty three years, that's what you come up with kind of attitude towards it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I dig it. I, I I can listen to it from beginning to end. And I often do when I'm driving. It's a good um, album to listen to in the car. And there's just – it's weird and it's inconsistent and it's choppy and it was cobbled together from like four EPs. 
and I, I know that it's imperfect, but when I look at it and I search, when I search my heart and I, I find the true knowledge that's buried within and I realize it's, it's the album I listen to the most on Spotify and the song greens and blues, which is my number four favorite song. Um, that was my most listened to track of 2014 on Spotify, according to their, their data. So I, I defend it, but I also understand the criticism. I, we talked about the Pixies and Lev, especially their new album. I just couldn't get behind it. I know. It felt like it was missing some sort of heart or some sort of soul or something. I don't know what it was. It, it wasn't terrible. But well, as we, as we said, it's kind of more of a, um, it sounds like a band that, you know, listened to the Pixies put out, but not the good kind of influence like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, you know, yeah. somebody who who didn't get the memo. Yeah. I've almost covered my top ten. I only have two left. I only have two left as well. Cool. Go for it. Um, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Oh, yeah. My that love, almost made my top ten. My love for St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Um, John, have you ever been to church? I have. You should listen to St. Paul and the Broken Bones then. <laughs> Even a it's, saint. Their album is essentially like going to church. It's it covers love, loss, um, hope, fear, um, spirituality. Emo- it covers everything that you can possibly experience within your whole life. It really does cover it in some aspect or another, whether it be through the music or the lyrics or the tone or. Just the overall feel of the album. In my opinion, it is such a great debut album from a band. I really wish more people would go out and see them. And Just live, their live shows is literally like attending a church or, uh, service. Well, the, the, the lead singer is one of the happiest and most... Seriously. Just, he seems like he's just in so much joy to be there performing for you. So genuinely happy to be wherever he is at any given moment. Because I, I really think that he feels that at any, any time, it could all go away. Yeah. So he's trying to enjoy everything that he has been given or that he has earned in his life. He he's he's grateful and joyful and that that's the thing. When I've seen some of their just, hey, we're in a garage and we're playing a, a one of our songs and somebody's oh, filming it. So good. He, he's it's it's joy yeah. and and genuine genuine. Um, uh, uh, what I don't even know what you say. He's genuine. He's he's like the Chris Park of of lead singers. <laughs> he's the Chris Park of lead singers. <laughs> and only our friends will get that reference. Oh, that's Internet. so good. Yeah. No, I, I, I here's here are two th- reasons that they did not make my top ten. Okay, I haven't seen them live. Okay, and perhaps that would have swayed me. Also, with the genre they they um, play, yes, it it could so be a gimmick. Yes, and and that so, neo soul kind of thing that's yeah. going on. So I want to see what they do next. Yeah. But um, but I I could totally see where if I had seen them live they would make um, they could possibly could possibly sway me I'm leaving it open to that and I hope to see them my friend Dave um, well you know Dave yeah 
we went to see the breeders with him. Yeah. Um, he uh, had much the same experience when he has seen St. Paul and Broken Bones. He's seen him, I think, two or three times now. I've seen so. him twice this year alone. And, and see, that's times, the mark of a good I was band. Like, I was blown away by how good the show was. Exactly. And that's the thing. When when fans go back and buy tickets two or three times in the same year, like I've, I see Wilco, like apparently I see them like every two years now. Um, you know, I was still a band that I'll go see. I'll probably go see them until I'm, you know, in a wheelchair someday in my old age if Jeff Tweedy's still making music, um, you know, but they're the kind of they're, they're the kind of band I'll do that for. But, you know, to Everybody I know who has gotten into this band, my friend Natasha as well, just immerse themselves in it. So, good pick. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you list your last two picks, and then I'm going to okay. close out with my last one. I have um, – okay. Well, actually, I have a few. So, how about – let me clean up my albums list, and I'll Go clean ahead. up my songs list. Do it. So, there's actually one more crossover. One more crossover of both. Spoon's new album, uh, They Want My Soul, was not my number 10 album. And then also my number 8 was the song Do You because it's just so freaking – it's like pop perfection. It's yeah. a great song and great album. We, we don't need to talk about it more than that. Um, number 9 favorite album was Sidewalk Chalk, local Chicago band that's um, making some waves. Um, their album Leaves um, was my number 9. And I'll say this um – uh, Shannon and I actually talked about this. I have a top 10. I could actually do a top 25 and they are on my top 25. Um, yeah. List. So, yeah. So do you want me to just clean up my, my four songs that we haven't talked about? Cause that Run we can it. go through it pretty Go ahead. Number 10. This is, this was a Robert influence. Um, Emily King's distance is number 10. Such a good song. It's a perfect song. I, I call it the love song for introverts. That's totally yeah. It, it it makes it work and just gorgeous voice, gorgeous arrangement, fun and um, you know sarcastic a little bit. Um, number six, so that was my number ten. Number six was new basement tapes. Nothing to it. Okay. And I know from uh, there, not a lot of people like that collaboration. From what mm-hmm. I've heard, I, I don't think it was necessarily critically panned or anything. I think it it was a strong. Um, it just wasn't it was it wasn't middling it wasn't low it just wasn't it wasn't making any waves no exactly but the song nothing to it i just dig the song the rest of it i was kind of like meh that's why they didn't even make my top albums or they're probably not even my top 20 albums yeah not in mine either but the song nothing to it i just dug it i mean bob dylan lyrics and then all those people that are in the band is is cool. So that that clears out that. So now the two that I haven't talked about yet is my number two and my number one. Okay. So we'll just we'll go through this quick. And I know you're gonna crap all over number two. So uh, number two is Connor Ober's Common Knowledge. I've already mentioned that he's boring and whatever. So yeah. just move on. Yeah. Um, and then my number one is Decemberists Make You Better. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this song. It's so good. It totally changed the course of my entire listening and and reframed all the songs I listened to for the whole year when that out when that song came out. And I'm wondering if I can cheat with this one because the song came out this year, but then the album doesn't come out till January, so I can um maybe pull some other stuff from for next year's list. <laughs> 
from the same album because there's a couple other songs out now too. Um, uh, Lake Song and there's another one that they've they released from the forthcoming album, and they're all just so good. But Make they You Better, really the funny thing is, Make You Better almost reminds me of a Death Cab song. I can see that, in but I feel like it has enough of the influence of the Decemberist. That oh yeah, it, it's yeah. Absolutely, it's it's a it's a one hundred percent a Decemberist song, yeah. um, but it also just reminds me of the the aesthetic of um, some early Death Cab, and um, which I love as we all know on this show, mm-hmm. but it, it, instantly with the first guitar notes. It, it pulled me in immediately. And I, I, I've always appreciated it. Mean, we had a Decemberist cast too, so I don't need to retread this too much, but I've always appreciated them. And there's some songs I really liked, but it's, they've never gripped me the way like it's gripped Chris, you know? So this is the first song that just like pulled me out of my skin. And well, that'd be weird. Be pulled out of your skin. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I, Mortal Kombat. Moving on. Robert, take it away. Um,. Before I list what I feel is the best album of 2014, do you have anything that you're looking forward to from 2015? I am. Um, Decemberist album. Yep. We just <laughs> talked about it. I'm we looking forward to the new Decemberist album as well. So I'm looking forward to Sidewalk Chalk is apparently releasing another album Already? early in the year, but it's, well, it's all new material but recorded live in concert. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'm really looking forward to that. So it's a new album, but but done, you know, uh, in various stages in Chicago or wherever, and recorded live. So I'll take that. My voice is going. <laughs> uh, Joey Badass has an album coming out January twentieth. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, Action Bronson also has an album coming out. Um, Meh. I'm an Action Bronson fan, so I, I know I can understand why you don't care for him. I know. Um, this one is high on my radar, and I'm taking it with a grain of salt. But Tool is supposedly in the studio with new music to come out in 2015. Interesting. I am a huge fan of the band Tool. Well, I should take this back. I am a huge Tool I am a huge fan. Tool. Well, no. Um, I was a huge fan of the band Tool up until Anima came out. And then Lateralis came out in, I think it's 10,000 Days or whatever it is. Um, those last two albums didn't really pull me in. Um, I can appreciate them musically, and going back, I, I really actually quite dig them. Um, so I'm interested to see where they grew musically as artists and as human beings, where they're making music now. So, um, I'm trying to think of other big releases for 2015 off the top of my head, but. I can't either. I'm, um, yeah, that one, there was another one I was thinking. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to top off with what I think is the strongest and best album of 2014. And that is from the band or from the hip hop group, Run the Jewels, Run the Jewels 2. Um, I still haven't listened to it. It is ferocious. It is a call to arms. It is an ultimatum. Um, the the members of the of Run to Jewels are LP, who actually does the production as well, and then Killer Mike, uh, another outcast uh, prodigy. Um, they put 
everyone on there's like a short list there's like eight people or groups or whatever it is that are on this list that if you're not on that list you're on notice that they're coming for you (laughs) (laughs) it's like the whole world is just you're in our targets um it's it has a cameo appearance from Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine, um, who came out of hiding out of nowhere. Um, it's just fucking. Uh, there, I, I can't even describe it. Like I'm at a loss for words about how good this album is. Um, Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, Consequence of Sound, uh, Paste. Spin. All these publications are at least putting them in their top ten, if not in the top three, or top That's five, cool. whatever it is. It's just it's such a damn good album. And then the cool thing was they released it for free, and it still sold on iTunes. <laughs> and then I, yeah, they released it for free. They released it for free a week earlier before it was supposed to even come out. And then on top of that, they're like, you know what? We don't. We just want this people to hear people to hear it or whatever it is. They're actually doing a remix of the album. Wow! The remix is entirely done with vocals by Cats. Let that um, sink in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just what? <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. These two guys, they don't really care. They're just. Doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And Which is it's cool. Brutal. It's really good. So that's what I wanted to close out with. I was hoping to close out with a song off of Run the Jewels um, called Oh My Darling, Don't Cry. But um, anything else from 2014 or 2015? We didn't. I have like 15 more albums I can talk about. <laughs> yeah. I have a baby that needs to go to bed. Apex Twin, <laughs> Fetty Grapes, and. Pinata, Sam Smith, Old Crow Medicine Show. Sam Smith, hold up. Jesse Ware, Isaiah Rasad, Swans, oh, the Ware. Damon Albarn album, T- uh, Ty Seagal, The Wind of the Wave, Parquet Courts, Todd Jer, Aphex Twin. So many good albums. Yeah, Jesse Ware, that was a good album. But Sam Smith, really? Um, You didn't see him live. That's true, I did not. But uh, I just, I can't. It was, it was a good album. It's a good That's, album. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't compute in my Shen brain. Yeah, which is fine. It's music for other people. That's totally fine. Also, the album I discovered literally right before we started recording the Gene McLean <laughs> in my dream. I gotta listen to it. It might it might usurp something from my top ten list. So that's that's a big tall order there. We did a whole podcast just you and i with really no baby interruptions i know isn't this and she's been awake the whole time and she's she's falling asleep now and she's getting fussy so i know that i'm on borrowed time but she's she's been a trooper Anne's our our producer and uh call screener and is also five months old so i ran out of bourbon in the first 10 minutes so i've been like i texted randy while we we're sitting here like can you bring me a bourbon and she's like no <laughs> You've been cut off. Exactly. So, um, anything else you wanted to follow up with? Well, usually this is the point of the show where we talk about what we've been listening to lately, but I think we just did that for the last hour and a half. So, the Gene McLean in my dream. <laughs> Fucking go listen to it. Nice. So, all right, play us out, Johnny. Play us out. So, for the last uh, 
Static and Distortion podcast from 2014. I'm Robert. I'm John. Um, Chris can suck it. All all the time. All the everything. And uh, this is Run the Jewels. Oh, my darling. Don't cry. There we On go. the John and Robert show. John and Robert in the morning. On the static 88.9. <laughs> Here we go.